It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. Always good to have you here. We appreciate all your support. And now it looks like you're going to be able to find us on Amazon Music. Uh, it looks like uh, we're waiting for just a few uh, more days, and then we'll be officially on Amazon Music. So if you're a subscriber to Amazon Music, uh, whether it's the free version or the premium version, no problem. You can still access your favorite episodes of Money for Lunch on Amazon Music. So that's kind of a thrill. Today on the show, speaking of thrills, we have the one, the only, Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans disability benefits and social security disability benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He has been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of the Ben uh, of Ben Glass on the Consumer Ad, uh, on the Consumer Advocate Show, discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security disability benefits, and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. He's also been quoted in USA Today. He is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors with a Quilly Award in September of 2012 for his contribution as a joint author to the Amazon best-selling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about practicing – where he wrote about practicing um, – and all of a sudden my, my, my teleprompter glitched out, but I should know this because he's been on the show multiple times. Anyway, where he wrote about protecting veterans – disabilities, uh, as well as disability compensation, and he was also inducted, uh, in 2017, he was inducted in America's most, as America's most trusted lawyer for disability law, Francis Jackson. Welcome back. Thank you, Bert. How are you doing? Doing great. Excited to have you here, and, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, I'm amazed because we're literally just 30 days, maybe a little bit longer, maybe whatever. Just a, We're just a few weeks away from starting a brand new year. It just blows me away. You, me too, Bert. <laughs> All right. So, you know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's dive into this. Um, I wanted to um, uh, see if maybe we can talk about uh, – some of the stuff that um, that your law firm handles, um, and and specifically how your practice um, is able to help our veterans. Uh, this is something that's dear to my heart, um, and uh, and something that I, I I just found out is that this month is. Uh, is Veterans Day and Thanksgiving. Uh, well, obviously, I knew about Thanksgiving, and I completely forgot about Veterans Day, which I can't believe. Uh, I, I know it happened, but I can't believe uh, um, 
that, uh, anyway, I didn't pay as much attention to it as I should have. But I wanted to talk about this. Are there issues about food security for veterans as well as our military personnel? Yes, Bert. That's a, um, an ongoing issue. What, um, what happened right after Veterans Day was there was a uh, hearing in Congress, of course, uh, before the House Agricultural Subcommittee. Now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that the Agricultural Subcommittee would have much to do with this, but uh, in fact, that's the Congressional Subcommittee that handles the, um, what used to be called the Food Stamps Program and is now called the SNAP Program, the Substantial Nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. Um, assistance and so on uh, program and one of the sad things that came out of the hearing was that there are not only a lot of veterans who um, need help with food and nutrition but even uh, some of our serving military are paid so badly that um, they uh, actually qualify for um, what would have been called food stamps. And, you know, that's, that's just um, sad. The, uh, the statistics were that uh, there are some 22,000 households in the military um, who were in the program and that uh, there are a number of other military households that would have qualified but um, chose not to apply. And as you and I have talked about, there's certain kinds of things that are stigmatized in the military, and uh, anything that smacks of welfare is, is one of them. So um, that's um, probably one of the reasons why other folks who are in the military and qualify financially uh, don't, in fact, apply for the program. But the um, the sad part of the testimony was that there are lots of folks who are um, veterans who are in various kinds of difficult situations and uh, are not able to, uh, to even get benefits through that program. As, as you may know, um, there are a bunch of restrictions on the program. You have to, uh, your household has to be at 130% of the federal poverty level or below and with the various allowable deductions has to fall below the poverty level. And you can't have more than uh, 2,500 in total assets. And if you are 60 or disabled, you can have the magnificent sum of $3,750 in assets um, before you're disqualified. So it's, a, it's pretty narrow. But the thing that disqualifies most veterans um, is that the people who are most in need of help are veterans who have recently left the service, who were lower ranked, who live in rural areas where there's limited access to other kinds of, of uh, food programs like food banks, and uh, particularly those who uh, have some kind of injury or disability that has not yet been um, approved by some agency because the way the system works if you are uh, single and unemployed, um, you can only get benefits for three months. So one of the people that the uh, committee heard from 
was a Navy veteran, Jim Keefe, who uh, explained that after he got hurt in a workers' comp accident, um, which uh, the employer disputed and was not willing to, to pay him for, um, he only got three months of uh, SNAP benefits, and after that, uh, he was uh, hitchhiking 25 miles each way to a food bank twice a month to, uh, to fill his backpack with food because he had no other source of, of food. And he was saying that uh, after you've gone a couple of days without food, um, his, his quote was, after a couple of days without food, your whole being cries out for it in a desperation I can't explain, he said. And, you know, that's that's just a, a sad thing to have in America, but it's doubly sad to have it happening to veterans. And it's tied, as you can appreciate, to a couple of problems. When people get hurt, um, if, if they uh, are hurt in a situation where they're not formally found to be disabled right away, then they only have three months of, of benefits under SNAP. Um, and... If they're in a situation like Mr. Keefe was, where he had a disputed workers' comp injury, um, you know, it's a it's a real tough situation to be in. You you probably can't get that resolved within three months, and that's all the SNAP benefits you have. So it's a, just a a tough kind of a situation. That blows me away. It's completely unacceptable. That uh, first of all, I want to address the fact that. If you are working full-time for the military and you qualify for food stamps or any kind of government uh, subsidy, that's wrong. It, it's just wrong. It's a full-time position. It, it impacts everybody around you, uh, and it saddens me that our military are still dealing with this. I thought I thought things had changed. I thought that President Trump had approved some kind of, of uh, raise so we could get our people uh, off of food stamps. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's trickling down. I don't know, maybe it wasn't enough, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and and didn't, didn't President Trump authorize a raise for our, our people, our vet- not our veterans, but our military people? He did, but it, it's, it was such a modest amount that given the uh, intervening inflation, people are still below the poverty level in some cases. It's just sad. It, it's, it's beyond sad. That's ridiculous. And I just don't understand how our military uh, leaders allow that. And, and I can't believe that our politicians allow that uh, that is disgraceful um and and again you know people hear this marketing message hey join the military you get housing you get food you get all of these great benefits but the re- but the reality is it's not true sometimes you can get housing but Housing in the military is like like a lot of places. It's, it's a waiting list, a waiting game, and and uh, not everybody gets access to housing, and not everybody, as you just demonstrated uh, or described, not everybody is is getting enough money to even pay for food. And, and if 
my goodness, if you if you have a family uh, that that just is just unacceptable to me. And, and you know what people don't understand is that our our military personnel are even and, and also our veterans, whatever whatever impacts them is impacting their family. So you know everybody, we need to address this immediately. I, I think we need to reach out to our to our representatives. Uh, and and let them know that this is unacceptable, um, and I'm going to put uh, a phone number. I'll do some research, Francis, and I'll put the phone number where they can reach out to our uh, politicians, our, both on the Senate side and on the, on the Congress side, and, and see if we can get some attention to this, because it's unacceptable uh, that this is happening. I just It just blows me away, and as you said, it's, it's extremely sad. That means that here we are, uh, Thanksgiving, there are people who had a miserable Thanksgiving. They're going to have a miserable holiday. They're going to have. They're, they're just in a miserable situation, and I think that we could correct that. Um, hey, I also wanted to bring this up. Uh, I know a while back there was some litigation regarding these 3M earplugs. Uh, any any updates on that? There, there are, Bert, but uh, let me, before I uh, move on to that, let me just give you a name here. Uh, Jahana, J-A-H-A-N-A, Hayes, Representative Jahana Hayes from, uh, from Connecticut is the chairwoman of the Agriculture Committee that has jurisdiction over the, uh, the SNAP uh, food issues. That's obviously not the only way to approach this, but if, if you want to do some research, that's a good place to, to start. But turning and, to the and real the, quick, what was the last name? Johanna. What was the last Hayes. name? Hayes. Hayes. H a y e s. Hayes. Okay. Great. We'll do some research. We'll get her number and her information so we can at least address the SNAP program, and then uh, we'll address the other ones as well. Fair enough. So on the uh, on the three M, what's been going on is, as you may remember, to refresh for your audience. Um, 3M made earplugs for the military that were used from 2003 to 2015, and the the specific uh, reason for these earplugs was that they were supposed to do something that hadn't been done before, which was to cancel out uh, loud noises, but allow you to still hear um, essentially ordinary conversation and that sort of thing, um, and uh, 3M, as you can appreciate, uh, made a, a very large amount of money selling these to the uh, Army and Army National Guard, um, and they were they were called the Combat Arms Earplugs version. And what's uh, what's happened is that uh, a lot of people have brought lawsuits against uh, 3M, and those have all been consolidated into a, a, what they call a multi-district litigation, and. What they do in those cases is they have uh, a series of trials, uh, for, for lack of a better word, call it test cases. And the the point of those trials is to demonstrate to both sides who's got the better argument. Um, and this has been very interesting. The, the 3M cases have gone back and forth. Um, the... Uh, there was a recent case where a uh, federal jury in Pensacola, Florida, awarded 
$7.1 million over three three service members. Um, there was a another recent case where uh, a, a federal jury in Tallahassee ordered um, over uh, $13 million, uh, $800,000 in compensatory damages and over $12 million in punitive damages um, to a, uh, a former Army sergeant, uh, Mr. Camarillo's, uh, Camarillo's, I have trouble pronouncing this one, Camarillo Azazo, uh, uh, and uh, his, uh, his legal team uh, persuaded the jury that, uh, that 3M had uh, engaged in intentional uh, uh, hiding of the, the facts known about the problems with the earplugs, and they uh, got the jury to award a big punitive damage award. But the most recent case that uh, that just resolved a couple of weeks ago uh, in another jury in Pensacola, um, another gentleman, uh, Mr. Polanki, um, the jury uh, said no, uh, they uh, they didn't uh, they didn't think 3M was liable at all, and uh, uh, you know found a uh, verdict for uh, for 3M. So it's it's been up and down. There've been uh, uh, you know multiple. Uh, Multiple verdicts each way. Um, the, the so far the uh, 3M and uh, the plaintiffs have, have alternated uh, winning and losing. So uh, it's it's unclear where all that is going. I, as you can tell, uh, there's going to be uh, some kind of, of resolution uh, for the plaintiffs because there've been multiple favorable verdicts and some of them very substantial. So there's going to be some kind of ultimate settlement here, but um what what that's going to be given that 3M has uh, has won several of these cases entirely is you know just up in the air uh, in the in the class action business like uh, like this um for the plaintiffs to get big awards um you have to have pretty much all verdicts for the plaintiffs uh and for the case to kind of just go away you have to pretty much get all verdicts for the defendants and that's not happening here so what it means is that the most likely outcome is that the various plaintiffs who have made claims will ultimately get a, a modest amount each. Um, that's kind of the way this is, is shaping up. But, you know, you, you never know if uh, if suddenly the uh, the next couple of verdicts go for the plaintiffs or next couple of verdicts go for the defendant, it'll, it'll change that. And it's a, it's a, it's a numbers game if, uh, you know they they typically do nine or ten actual trials, and if if the rest of these all go one way or the other, it'll it'll change the outcomes. But right now, it's uh, pretty much split down the middle. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, I'm not. It is. Uh, uh, you know, and, and you you're probably more familiar with with uh, this multi-state litigation stuff or these uh, mass tort type stuff. Uh, but I I'm not. I've not seen uh, this before where, uh, and I guess this is a, one of the pluses to uh, maybe litigating uh, each case separately, but you know, typically when a product or a company is found liable, especially that they, that they willfully and knowingly put out a bad product and then they try to cover it up, usually – that's 
an incentive for the companies to settle out and start settling as quickly as possible. Uh, and uh, I just find it interesting that 3M, a multi-billion dollar corporation, is just not willing to do the right thing. Well, you know, Bert, these uh, these tort things, it's, these these uh, mass tort cases, that that that's kind of uh, how it, it gets worked out. Is you know, they they uh, they never want to settle. There's two two big numbers at, at stake. But um, you know, the there's been uh, the recent uh, litigation over the Roundup chemical, um, and. They they uh, that that one's probably going to come out a little differently because most of the verdicts have been against the, uh, the defendant. But uh, you know it's it's a it's it's a a strange uh, beast known only to American law. The way these things have all come into these uh, mass torts and, and uh, the way they're handled in this multi-district litigation. You know the lawyers in other countries just shake their heads when they, when they see these things. But uh, it's a it's a, uh, a strange piece, but it, it does ultimately seem, as you said, to uh, uh, lead in most cases to some kind of a settlement. Everybody kind of looks at how the, the test trials went, and and then they go and negotiate, and ultimately, uh, you know, whoever won the more of the test trials kind of gets the the better the better hand in the in the negotiations, or or sometimes, like this, they just, you know, they go back and forth, and uh, it's hard to know how that's all going to come out, although my, my best my best prediction, as I said, is that uh, they're ultimately going to uh, uh, come to a uh, uh, kind of a, an even, you know, a, a modest settlement for everybody. Uh, sure. And, and uh, Bert, I, go ahead. I, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go at 1130. Um, okay, so, so we're running short on time. You got about eight minutes, a little bit less, maybe. Um, so, what did you want to talk about today? So, okay, so real quick, I, I do want to ask you one thing that uh, I've been thinking about, and that is, you know, COVID. And I think you and I even talked about this. COVID isolated a lot of us, uh, and I was just wondering uh, how the VA is responding to. Uh, the social isolation that our veterans have experienced. Yeah, they're actually doing something interesting, Bert. Um, they've launched a new program, and it's uh, right now it's in the, the test phase. Uh, they've developed it by the developed by the VA Capitol Hill Healthcare Network, um, doing the uh, the mental illness uh, research and education and clinical center, and they've they've offered this program. In, in two states at this point, uh, Maryland and Arkansas. Um, and in Arkansas, they're working with the, the Little Rock Geriatric Research Education and Clinical Center. But uh, what they've done is they've put together a, a program uh, based on sort of a cognitive behavioral model, uh, and they help veterans in the, to, to uh, make connections with other people and to kind of look at where they are in terms of uh, uh, things that they can do to uh, expand their social contacts, and and more than that, they they help them to uh, set uh, goals essentially for both um, social contact and for um, 
uh, kind of the the related pieces of that. Um, you know how people feel when they're when they're reaching out to, uh, to other folks. You know, a lot of folks when they uh, deal with somebody new, they they get nervous or or scared or anxious. And so this uh, the the point of this program is to to focus on and deal with those sensations so that people kind of can get past them more easily, if you will. Um, right. And to, uh, and to talk about their their overall um, mental and physical well-being as as a as a single entity. So uh, uh, that's um, it's it's an interesting program. It's just uh, it's just started out, and I'm hoping it'll uh, it'll work pretty well. But uh, the uh, the the way it the way it's set up, uh, they start with a short-term intervention with either um, peers, other veterans, or Social workers, psychologists, mental health uh, providers, um, but it's uh, it's all intended to uh, to build into this overall network of uh, expanding socialization, diminishing any unpleasant uh, sensations from that, and building overall um, well-being and uh, uh, better mental health. And it's uh, it's it's a program aimed primarily at older veterans. But I think if it if it turns out to work uh, well for them, uh, obviously the the VA has the option of expanding it to uh, to include other folks who are in their uh, mental health uh, treatment programs. And I it's it's a it's a very interesting initiative, and I I'm hopeful that it will a work out and b um, be uh, able to be expanded to uh, to other spots. Yeah, no, that that's exciting. Uh... I think that, uh, like you, I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll produce some great results, and 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 that it'll be, and the program will be expanded. And uh, I know you're tight on time today, so I wanted I wanted to quickly ask you about this, um, the burn pits. Uh, this is an issue that you and I have talked about several times. Um, any yeah. updates on burn pits? Uh- yeah, the the Biden administration announced on uh, Veterans Day that. Uh, They've they've got a series of new support options for veterans, uh, and the, the White House put out a, a fact sheet that everybody can get. But um, what they're what they're looking to do is to uh, create more information about uh, the effects of the of the burn pits on people. And uh, as as you know, they uh, they've created a presumption for the, uh, the the breathing issues: asthma, rhinitis, sinusitis. Um, and the uh, the president has directed the VA to complete a review of rare cancers that uh, may be associated with this. As, as you may remember, um, he believes that his son, uh, Bo Biden, uh, contracted a, uh, a terrible uh, brain cancer from exposure to the burn pits. And so um, the, uh, the president is really behind this and pushing it, and it looks like... Um, that, that may potentially uh, be of great benefit to uh, a lot of uh, a lot of veterans ultimately. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I think that would be wonderful. Uh, and I'm, I'm I am I don't want to phrase this uh, not to be insensitive to President Biden's 
situation, but I'm, I'm glad that he is sensitive to our veterans and that uh, maybe based on some of that personal experience, he will he'll do a little bit more for our veterans because a lot is promised, but sometimes a lot is under-delivered. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, yeah, that, that, that maybe he'll push some, uh, some more uh, funds and some more um, benefits for our veterans. Uh, Francis, I know you got to go. Uh, I just, again, thank you so much for helping out our veterans and uh, looking forward to talking with you again real soon. Bert, I, I apologize for having to duck out early today, and I I, uh, I always appreciate the chance to uh, to talk with you, and I, I know that uh, you're uh, always uh, communicating to all the listeners uh, the importance of, of helping vets, and I really, really appreciate that. You bet. You bet. Have a good day. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, sir. Take care. Good stuff there from uh, Francis Jackson. Again, I cannot emphasize this enough. This is one of those situations where, where please, let's help out our veterans. Let's, let's do as much as we can, and all you have to simply do is tell people um, and, and just share this episode. It's, it doesn't take a lot. Um, just share this episode with everyone you know. If you have a, a, a family a veteran that might be uh, that might be suffering, just uh, direct them to veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com. Francis and his team will help them out, and they do it for free. They'll give them some free information. They'll point them in the right direction. Uh, they'll talk to them about their case. It costs them nothing. As always, my friends, thank you so much for being here. Remember, you. We're created to succeed. Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.